Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You know, if you haven't checked out What Chaos yet, you oughta, because we've had all your favorite players on the show. I'm talking Seth Jones, Lena Solmar, Connor Bedard, whoever it may be. We're live every day on YouTube at noon Eastern, but also available on all podcast platforms, including the one you're listening to right now. We got guests, and yeah, we're also doing a bit of chit-chat, goofing around, laughing at what makes us laugh in hockey. So regardless of how deep you are into your hockey fandom, Come listen to What Chaos. We'll talk about your favorite team. We'll talk about your least favorite team and everybody in between. And we're having a ton of fun doing it every single day, Monday through Thursday. It's What Chaos, presented by All City Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Sorry, I was going to shut my window, but it's like super nice out and I like hearing the birds and if the flyers can't bother to put in a professional effort at their jobs, then why should I? Welcome to Checking Out the Competition, a new kind of checking out the competition in a way because I could not bear the thought of another pregame checking out the competition about the New York Rangers because I feel like I've done a thousand of them. And so I thought to myself, I know, I had this thought before the game, just <laughs> context. I thought to myself, I know it'll be fun. We'll have a chat with Tom from Blue Shirt Banter in between the two games. A little midpoint check-in. That'll be fun, won't it? I thought to myself several days ago. Well, Tom, you might, you might have fun. Things seem to be fun for you right now. But how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, and yeah, it's, uh, you, you think of, you're going to try something new and you know, what's the worst that can go wrong. And lo and behold, sometimes the universe has a way. Yeah. The universe is telling me that enough already talking about the hockey team. You don't need to do that anymore. Perhaps you could talk about another topic like windiness. We were talking about wind before the show started. That could be interesting. It's quite windy in Philadelphia today. Yeah, so that hockey game, um, for those of you who were lucky enough to miss it, the Flyers followed up their 9-0 loss to the New Jersey Devils. Or the New Jersey Devils. The, that was another one. They uh, followed up their loss to the New York Rangers with another loss, as they do. This time, though, they actually scored a couple of goals, so it was slightly less bad. They lost 6-2-3. Is that what it was? Eight to three. 
three. Eight to three, of course. We Six know when just... you turn that game off. Silly. That's when in my brain turned it off. I had to tweet it for the Broad Street Hockey account, so I was like contractually oh, obligated to pay attention. But when I tell you I was not paying that much attention, and also the stream that I was watching started like dying intermittently halfway through the third, and I was like, do I care? Mm, not much. Not really. <laughs> About as much as the Flyers do. Um, so yeah, Tom, how does it feel to have a, a rival hockey team that so generously allows all of your players that were in slumps to come out of them? Does that feel good? I mean, it just, it just feels great, you know, um, doing this to a Ling Vigneault. Mm. I just take immense joy in it, and I can remember... Um, when, uh, the Flyers hired AV and like Steph reached out to Joe and like, Hey, what's the skinny on AV? And he's like, Oh boy, you wait, you're one. It's probably going to be pretty awesome. You're going to get a lot of good results after that point. It's, uh, it can be an interesting ride. And, Aww. uh, I'd say that's been the case. And, um, speaking of like like slumps like i looked up the numbers before this because i i wanted to make sure that they were true so um i think on the last one uh we did i was talking to you about how you know mika zibanejad had been in a rut yep. all of this year and stuff so in games not played against the flyers so 27 games he has four goals eight assists and 12 points in the five in the five games he's played against the Flyers, six goals, eight assists, 14 points, shooting 37.5%, which is 37. not sustainable at all. So a guy that was, like, left for dead pretty much and a bunch of fantasy hockey owners were all, you know, pissed about it, now up to 26 points in 32 games. Uh, thank you, uh, Philadelphia Flyers, for uh, helping this man get back on uh, the, the straight and narrow. 37 percent and that half. is yeah. and a half that's <laughs> wild who else has broken out of slumps Buchnevitz got a couple of goals in that first one didn't he i think yep he's six but he points. wasn't really slumping right he was just out from oh, the no. yes yeah he's uh he's just continued to uh you know make a lane uh have fits, you know, reminding him that, you know, he won't scratch him for Tanner Glass in the playoffs. Um, I would say say the odd thing is that Panarin came back and in, like, the two games, the 9-0 game and the 8-3 game, he's been pretty quiet with just three points. Um, Hmm. And uh, I wouldn't have expected that. And uh, like uh, like I predicted, Jacob Truba got his first goal of the year. So that was fun, too. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Got him going as well. That's nice. Good for them. So let's talk a little bit about about Elaine Vigneault, which I didn't anticipate doing, but we might as well, because you're an expert and I'm becoming one, unfortunately. Um, What's up with him? So like, okay, I was excited when they hired him because, I mean, the results... There have been results, right? Like, he's gotten to the conference finals twice, right? Yeah, Stanley Cup final once, right? Something like that. Something like that. He's never won, but he's gotten pretty close a few times. And uh, 
he just had good goaltenders, huh? Yeah, exactly. Like that that's pretty much it. Like you look at he has prime Roberto Luongo, goes to the cup final with Vancouver. Um, they're unable to beat Boston. Um, he has Henrik Lundqvist, you know, in uh, you know, later end of his prime. They go to a cup final, they can't beat LA. Um and like I tweeted this um I think it was the post game or or the pregame I, I don't remember it's all a blur but pretty much or it might have been actually uh, during the uh, the first intermission but the Rangers um you know broadcast was talking about like Elaine Vigneault and like what's going through his mind right now oh. um you know like Carter Hart is still struggling and it just seems like you know no matter who's in net can't get to save and how like life is difficult when you don't have like an all-world goaltender there. And, mm-hmm. like, you look at Elaine Vigneault, and, like, it's going to be in a, you know, a history book one day. Like, you know, people are going to be, like, looking at hockey, like, all right, who were some of, like, the greatest goalies from, you know, this period of hockey? And they're going to see Roberto Longo, they're going to see Henrik Lundqvist, and they're going to be like, wait a minute, how did neither of these guys win a Stanley Cup? And they're going to go, oh, Elaine Vigneault is their coach. Uh, I wonder if that's a coincidence or not. <laughs> um, but, like, the thing with AV is, like, obviously he's been a coach for a long time and he had times where it wasn't just goaltending, where he had some really good players. Like, you know, I think like the Sedins, um, you know, even way back, like Ryan Kessler was a really effective player. And then obviously, you know, the talent he had with the Rangers. But it just seems that when something is not working, he is just so resistant to make a change. He's dead mm-hmm. set in his ways. He doesn't want to admit like he can be wrong or fault. He's just, it almost sometimes it takes like an injury or like a player to make like such an obvious mistake that, all right, I had to make a change because this thing happened. Um, but like, he seems delusional because like, the last two games they played, like they've looked lost, they've looked lifeless, mm-hmm. and yet he's still saying, "I think we had a good approach Oof. going into this." And then I square that up. I think it was, um, I think it was Gostisbehere, something like, you know, we don't. Ha-, he either said like we've lost our identity or we don't have an identity right now. Mm-hmm. And like if that's what the players are saying and the coach is still saying, "Yeah, I think we had a good approach," but. We just didn't get the results. It's like, that's like uh, alarm bells are going off for me. Yeah. And I mean, like, I don't want to blame the coach because, I mean, at the end of the day, NHL coaches, I don't think are that important. I mean, your team has not had theirs for quite some time now. Seem to be doing just fine. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I'm hesitant put it on the coaching staff, but at the same time, when Dave Haxtell was here, Flyers fans very deliberately came to the conclusion that if an entire team is performing under what you'd expect, the entire team, everyone's playing bad, which is where the Flyers are right now for the most part, it's got to be the coaching staff. It's the only thing that makes sense, right? Because, you know, not... Every single player doesn't just forget to play hockey, how to play hockey, like, out of nowhere. Something's happening. I don't know if he's lost the room. I don't know if he's just, like, absolutely shit at putting a line together and effectively 
using him. I, I don't know what it is. I'm not, I never played hockey. Um, and I don't get to go to practices because I'm not a beat writer. So I don't really get to see the inner workings of what his system is. And I think because I didn't play, like it doesn't immediately jump off the screen at me um, the way that it might for people that are a little bit more intimately familiar with the game. So I don't know if it's just that he's making them do dumb things. But, you know, he doesn't tell them to to skate in on a three-on-two and just, like, get all the way to the goal line without shooting the puck. Like, that can't be a thing that he's coaching them to do, right? Like, that's just the players being idiots. And it's just very frustrating because, uh, you know, not where we thought this was going. But anywho, we've got another game against the Rangers. We're recording this Friday tomorrow in the afternoon, which always goes well for the Flyers. How do the Rangers do in matinee games? Because the Flyers seem to be terrible at them. It's funny because, like, um, last time I said uh, the Rangers were going into a matinee against the Bruins, and, like, historically, the Rangers had had, um, you know, it's sometimes it's like, you know, the joke is, like, fans are like, oh, what time does the game start? And then it's, you know, the Rangers have a bad performance. Like, well, it's like they thought the game started a little bit later, too. Um, <laughs> but lo and behold, in that particular game, uh, Keith Kincaid, of all people, shut out the Boston Bruins. And, hmm. you know... That's, uh, you know, that's that's hockey for you. Keith Kincaid is back in the AHL now? Um, or is he still he, sort of backing taxi, up? Taxi, taxi Squad. squad. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're keeping him around because I think, like, their thought process is, like, even though it's, it's immaterial for the most part with uh, the trade deadline coming up, but, like, if they put him on waivers odds are someone would would claim him so mm. for now it's just this you know keep him around and you know if if something were to happen again i i could see them uh like playing shenanigans where like they they send someone down that uh doesn't have you know waiver you know restrictions and then they mm-hmm. carry three goalies for the time being but um you know igor's back now um he looked really good and it he it did. was funny, like, especially since, you know, uh, a beat writer who I don't really want to give attention to writing a really dumb column about how, you know, the clock is ticking for him oh, to yeah. show he can be that. the number one nice. and, like, you know, how he's injury prone. And, like, one of the injuries listed is, like, the guy was in a car accident, which is, like, like let's seriously, like, what the fuck yeah. are we doing here? I saw that article. It made, me, it made me feel a little bit better to know that it's not just – the Philadelphia media that puts insane undue pressure on rookie goaltenders. <laughs> There's idiots everywhere, which is great. So one thing I wanted to ask you, kind of like watching it from a Rangers fan perspective. Um, how do I word this? What did you see from the Flyers, if anything, um, that you thought might have a chance at breaking through. I I feel stupid even asking this. It's so bad right now. What did you see that was good about the Flyers, Tom? Did you see anything? So it's okay to say no. <laughs> well, no, because like I don't want to be like all negative. Um, because like obviously, even in an eight three loss, you can say, all right, you know, are there some signs of life? Are there things that uh like stood out 
And like for me, like I just look at uh, the team and it's almost like I, I look at the Flyers and I think of, of the Rangers in some respect where like right now the Flyers problem is, you know, number one, goaltending. Number two, uh, the defense is sort of, you know, not great. And, you know, part of that um, I think was because they, you know, they weren't really able to find a replacement for Niskanen who, you know, no one really could expect him to say, yeah, I'm, I'm going to retire. Um, but like offensively, like James Van Riemsdyk is, is looking a lot younger. Um, like mm-hmm. I know people had complaints about the contract and it's like, okay, did, did we really do the right thing here? Um, Joel Farabee is having an amazing season. Uh, and you know, I know a lot of Ranger fans are, are looking at it as like, Hmm, this is a guy that the Rangers could have drafted. Um, and you know, the guy they ended up drafting crafts off is with the team now when he's going to play. Um, I don't know. Um, like, I hear like a lot of people complain about like Giroux and Voracek, but like they're, you know, they're producing, like maybe it's not at the level that people would expect of them, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of pieces there to like. It's just like, I, I, I don't know. I, I think you look at it as maybe you're, you fix the defense a little bit and not just in, you know, shutting down offense but being able to contribute like i know mm-hmm. provorov hasn't looked as effective um you know i know you know Gosta spear is looking a little bit better than last year um like i you guys signed what eric gustison and he didn't hasn't quite worked out like you not expected. nope nope he's he's uh not good pretty bad yeah so you have like this you know all of these circumstances and um I'd say that it's weird because in if you change one of those two things, whether it's getting saves or having a more, you know, productive defense overall, I don't think this team is tied with the Rangers in, in the standings. Um, so it, it does cause a bit of dilemma because, like, I understand – Giroux has one year left uh, next mm-hmm. season. Um, like, I know that this roster is a little older, but again, you still have, you know, some young pieces and you have some younger pieces who are getting older. But, like, do you look at this as an opportunity and say, you know what, it's a really weird year. Um, are there things that we could potentially trade and put us in a position where next year it's a regular 82-game season? Um, you know, we know that Carter Hart can be a good goalie. He's not going to be as bad this year or not going to be as bad next year as he was this year. So like, I, I can understand why people freak out and I can understand, you know, and like, you know, I give AV a lot of shit, but it's not all his fault because you can look at some things on the roster and say like, there are good players. They are producing, but like when I looked at the box scores of the most recent games, it really does come down to like how many games are they allowing, you know, three goals or more. And that's a problem. So I, you mentioned the standings. Did you expect, because when we were doing our season previews, we kind of, all of us at Broad Street Hockey, just put the Rangers on the outside of the the playoff 
situation in the Eastern Division. Did you expect that the Rangers would be in the playoff hunt? So I thought that they would be a team that hung around the bubble, and if everything broke right, um, if all of the kids were lights out, if um, you know the goaltending was as good as it was last year, that there would be a chance. Um, so I'm I'm not uh, surprised because what we've been seeing from them lately is pretty much what what the story of last year was, where they were able to catch fire in the second half, um, heading up to the pause, and there was a lot of you know good vibes, and people were like, all right, you know this team might be a little bit ahead of schedule, and then obviously you know they get smacked down uh, you know against Carolina, and it sort of resets reality. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they too are in an interesting situation because like I've been thinking this to myself that you know obviously between now and next off season there's a lot of important decisions they need to make like they've been clear that they want to upgrade at center um, and you know even though they are playing really good hockey right now um, I would fully embrace the chaos and say you know what. This player, this player, we don't really see them being on the team next year or the year after. Let's trade them. Let's get as much as we can and just continue and continue and continue to accumulate assets. Um, Because this draft, it's kind of a weak draft. Mm -hmm. So it's not like, you know, they really need to add a ton more prospects. But if you're getting some assets like, you know, that, hey, maybe a team like Buffalo would want or, you know, anyone else who is going to be rebuilding. It's better to have that and say, like, you know, okay, let's hold on to Ryan Strom for a little bit longer because, you know, he'll be a free agent after next season. Um, So although that they're going to potentially have an opportunity to challenge for a top four spot because they have games remaining against Philly, they have games remaining against Buffalo, New Jersey, where theoretically they should win a majority of them. Mm-hmm. They, deal, they do still have, you know, teams against true contenders. So um, like I, I wouldn't, if I were them, I just wouldn't really like buy into this hype too mm-hmm. much because I think they would be doing themselves a disservice um, if they didn't embrace that mentality where like when they did this teardown in 2017, 18, they were two points back of a playoff spot, but they realized that even if we do make it now is not our time and not that they need to tear a lot down now, but you can strategically put yourself in a position where going into next season, you've sped up the timeline a year or two because you you know, didn't get too attached to something that wasn't going to be around long-term anyway. So getting back to this game tomorrow, um, this might be a difficult question as well, um, but in a game where your team scored eight goals and gave up three, did you see anything, uh, any weak spots in the Rangers game on Thursday? that perhaps you would like to see them do better? Probably not. Well, I would say that they they started taking their foot off the gas. Um, once they went up 6 nothing, like, the rest of the game was, um, 
I don't know if I want to say passive, but like looking mm-hmm. at it from like score effects, like it, it was clear that they were not pushing as much and they allowed Philadelphia to get into the game a little more than they probably should have. Um, I mean, I think that it's a, an early game. Um, it's going to be a back to back because they play tomorrow uh, against Philly and then they have another matinee game against Washington. So. Mm. If they can take care of business and, you know, get an early lead and then, you know, go into, you know, not like, like sit back, but, you know, play a structured game, it will put them in a better position for Washington. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think it'll be interesting because we don't know if, uh, you know, when Quinn is going to be back. And, um, but I, I would say Shirkinton goal again. He looked good, you know, made 41 saves. I would like it if the Rangers don't let the Flyers get over 40 shots again. Um, (laughs) And if that comes at a sacrifice of, okay, maybe we'll only score four goals this time, um, I'd be fine with that. I still can't believe the Flyers had like 43 shots. I saw that number and I was like, when though? (laughs) Because I don't seem to recall them being in the Rangers zone for more than five seconds at a time, but... I felt like a I lot of them happened. were on the power play. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. They did get a couple of those. What did you think of Sam, big Sam Moran, throwing things around there at the end of the game when it was meaningless and stupid? It, it was interesting. Like, uh, <laughs> just looking at the fine where it was like, okay, it's amount, amount, and like 24 cents. And I'm like, that just seems pretty random. But I know, like, there's a formula, like, you know, depending on, like, how much you make and, you know, but I, I, that's actually what I'll be interested to see if there's that rollover to the, at least to the start of it, which would be dumb if you're the Rangers. But, yeah, you know, they have some guys that like Brendan Lemieux who don't always uh, think so <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. All right. Last thing. What do you think the final score is going to be tomorrow? Oh, man. Um, is there any idea of who's going to be in goal for Philly? I'm assuming it's going to be Brian Elliott. All right. So they scored nine. They scored eight. I am going to say the Rangers are going to, I think it's going to be a 4-2 game. Oh, Victory. close one. <laughs> Relatively. I was thinking like a like a 5-2-4-2 type of situation. The same kind of infuriating nonsense where the Flyers go down like three goals in the first five minutes and then suddenly remember they know how to play hockey for a couple of minutes, score a couple of goals, and then just die again. It seems to be the way it goes. Something in like a 5-2-4-2, that kind of thing. Yeah, it makes sense to me. <sighs> so... It's not, I liked it better when I was able to be blindly optimistic about the hockey team. It's more fun that way. Oh, 100%. Well, thank you, Tom, again, for doing this. I really appreciate it. I am sure that you are going to have a good time watching this hockey game tomorrow. And it seems like maybe a good time watching uh, the rest of the Rangers hockey games next week. Seems like they might win some games again. I hope. The Flyers (laughs) get the Sabres, so... Uh, yeah, 
And that they're going for the losing streak, and they, you know, they traded Eric Stahl. Let's see who mm-hmm. else they trade, and that should be fun. Although, like, if if Buffalo beats Philly, like, you got to fold the franchise. Like, that would just be. They got real close the last time we played them. Real close. <laughs> so I think, yeah, I think the Flyers had to come come from behind in the last the last time we played the Sabers. It's real dire around here. I don't know if you can tell from talking to me. <laughs> It, we're going through it, but you know, hockey. Maybe we'll get lucky, and tomorrow the Flyers. Tomorrow will be the day the Flyers remember how to play hockey, and they'll beat the Rangers. But probably not. So, hopefully, everyone has fun anyway. It's going to be a nice, sunny Saturday afternoon. Perhaps you just won't watch the hockey game. I wouldn't blame you, but if you do, enjoy it, Tom. I hope you enjoy it. Where can people find you online? You can find me at Blue Shirt Banner and can follow me on Twitter at Tom U R T Z J R. All right, Tom. Thank you so much. Hope you enjoy the game. Have a great weekend. Thanks. Go. You too. Thanks. Uh, go Flyers, I guess. <laughs>